What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sign-Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got UFC Charlotte. We got some boxing stuff to go over. We got a lot of news, as well as we got a recap UFC 288. Before we get into all of that and more, as always, you're brought to you by Rogue Energy and Elixir. RogueEnergy.com. Use code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off. All of your energy needs, they keep me fueled up. They keep me going throughout my day. I've been hitting the gym lately. You know, guys, guys, it's summer. we gotta, we got to get back into shape. And you know what's helping me get back into shape? It's Rogue Energy with their amazing products. Keep me fueled up. Keep me going to the gym. You know, I've been hit, hitting the boxing lessons, you know. I've been hitting the bag, you know. So I need that stuff. But then, Angel, whenever I'm trying to wind down, you know what I also use? I use Elixir. <laughs> because I need that Delta 8, you know. Um... And you can also get that for code SOUNDOFF, 10% off, Delta 8 products, Delta 9, HHC. They got it all, gels, joints, you know, they got it. So you can also have it for code SOUNDOFF for 10% off. Look, man, big, big weekend for combat. One of the most uh, packed schedules we've honestly had in, 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 in a minute. But the biggest fight, obviously, biggest fight card, excuse me, UEC 288, going down to Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. In the main event, we knew kind of going into this one, it's going to be 50-50. You and I both kind of said that on the show last week. I was personally waffling back and forth on who I should pick. And in the end, it ends up being the funk master, Al Jermaine Sterling, and still his third title defense, ends up winning by split decision. Was a close fight. I know that some people thought that Cejudo deserved the nod. Ultimately, it does come down to a couple of swing rounds, which uh, ended up deciding the fight. I know, Angel, I'm, we talked about this a bit in the, in the green room. I know that I disagree with you, but how did you score the fight? Josh, I, I, I had it 3-2, to two, Henry Cejudo. Not, you know, I, look, at least I'm not alone in that. I saw that the media had it a lot for, uh, or mo- all, pretty much all the media on uh, MMA decisions had it for Al Jermaine. Uh, but, you know, a few fighters came out and said they also had it for Cejudo, so I felt nice to not be alone. It was a close fight. Um like I told you in private, a little bittersweet for me because, uh, look, in the end, I had no issue with the result. I was like, look, it's a close fight. I completely get it. But, uh, one judge, gave, one judge, only one judge scored the fifth round, which was probably, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, the closest, or the easiest, I mean, round to score the fifth round for Henry, for, uh, for Algerman and not Henry Cejuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, man, I, I, I think if you're a honest person, uh, and, and you, and you look at the fight and you analyze it, you, you, you know, you see the result perfectly fine for Aljamain. Um, I will, I will, I will say is, uh, these guys uh, had a, had a really close fight, which is good, competitive. Um, for me, this is just, it's, it's made it clear for me that I, I've always had this belief and I still have it now. I really don't think Aljamain's that much better than everybody else at 135. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Aljamain's a good fighter. I think he's very good. Um, I just don't think there's this massive gap between him and the rest of the division. And I think that's why I picked against him a lot. But look, he's, he's gotten it done again. Obviously, no hate there. Uh, I was kind of telling you in private, I felt like, uh, this fight was, uh, in a way, kind of be like kind of a lose-lose for Aljamain. Cause, uh, if he lost the fight, he was going to get clowned on for, you lost a guy who's been off for three years. He's a smaller guy, 125 or yada yada, this, this and that. 
And if we won the fight, there was still going to be some sort of like, well, he had been off three years and he was going up a weight class. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, with the how scoring went and and uh, and uh, one of the judges and, and Henry being one round short on a scorecard to win the fight, you know, mm-hmm. more to uh, another another thing onto it. Uh, Alderman's whole like uh, like title reign and 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 this title this portion of his life has been like it's just it's been out of completely out of his control for one, you know the the Piotr Janne, the TJ Dillashaw injury fight, and then now, uh, and, and I'd say this is the one fight where he had, there was, there was no kind of caveat, there was nothing that could really prevent, uh, anything from, uh, from him being credited, but there, there was still going to be some sort of, you know, actress, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, ah, for, for Henry, man, it was nice to see him come back after three years. I thought he looked look for being off for that long. He looked pretty damn good, you know. I, I yeah. think we all got to say that. You got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, you, it it kind of makes you wonder though. Damn, he really did waste three years. I don't know what could have been in those three years. What what uh what kind of fun fights could we have had and uh, fun you know fun matches and you know what could have the result been different if Henry would have been active? Uh, who knows? You know, it's impossible to make those kind of assumptions. Uh. One thing I will say is these guys made no – I felt like there was no major mistakes made during the fight. And there, even if there was things that could have been turned into mistakes, they weren't taken advantage of or, or they didn't play a factor. Like I just shot a lot in the open, and it didn't end up biting him the ass in the ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to give Aljo a lot of credit. He was very mobile, very active, a lot of, a lot of lateral movement, a lot of running down the clock, which, I mean, hey, man, you got to fight your fight intelligently and, and win the fight, and that's what it's all about. When Once you're champ, it's about holding it and retaining it because you've already made it, so. Obviously, no no judgment in how you decide to fight because uh, his game plan obviously worked and he executed it very well. For Henry, man, I was a, I was a little sad. I felt like I w- I wish I would have seen more of what he did in that fifth round earlier. Uh, granted, though, that could have just played into the fact that it was the fifth round. Henry knew that he had to maybe come forward, even though his even though his corner the whole time I think I believe was telling him he was up, which wasn't a was definitely not a secured thing at all. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I guess going forward, Josh, what what, uh, what what's next for both these guys? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so for both these guys, and I, I didn't get to say it real quickly, but I, I think I should say, I full disclosure, scored the fight for Aljamain. I uh, I thought um, it was a relatively, it was a close but clear fight. I thought Aljo won round one. I gave him round, I believe, three, and then also four. It's been a couple of days, so I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember thinking, all right, Aljamain clearly win. But I thought I agree with a lot of what you said. I thought it was, this fight was interesting because it showed us kind of the differences, <clears throat> which a lot of fans don't really appreciate, between the type of wrestling in MMA. Like, a lot of people just think wrestling. If this guy was good in wrestling and amateur wrestling, he's just going to dominate in MMA. Well, that's not entirely the case. There's different types of wrestling. Aljamain does a lot of his – like, Cejudo and, and Sterling, they do different types of wrestling. Some, you know, up against the fence. Versus out in the open, you know what I mean? Like, there there were different elements that were shown in the fight, which I found more interesting. As far as what is next, uh, Aljamain Sterling is going to be facing Sean O'Malley next. And that's what I wanted to see. I'm glad that he got in there. I thought that he should have had the next title shot. I thought it was kind of, you know, as much as I like Henry Cejudo, I thought it was kind of bullshit, the thing they did to Sean back in October. Whenever they said, okay, if you beat Pewter, title shot next. And they went, nope, never mind. <laughs> so... I mean, in the end, he's still getting the top shot. He had to wait uh, a couple of uh, extra months. 
But uh, look, man, I think that's a very interesting stylistic matchup. What do you think about that being next? And for Cejudo, he's in a weird spot, right? I know, obviously, he wanted to win this fight and then challenge Volkanovski. He wants to make history. He said he's still not sure he wants to do. For me, I'm throwing, I'm spitballing ideas, Angel. What do you think about Henry Cejudo versus Max Holloway next? God. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it. I don't know if it's the best decision going forward. Um, I do, as of this morning, I believe Josh, or it might have been yesterday, he did call out Marab Davashili for the Boston card. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fight that definitely interested me because if he still wants to stick around at 135 and get another shot at that, I mean, who else in the, the guy who wants to fight for the title but doesn't want to compromise his friendship with his fellow teammate, you know? Yeah. And then also another good fight for Mar- uh I mean, if Marab wins that, I mean, that's that's another good name on the resume. If um, if Aljamain is to fight Sean and beat Sean and does make that move to 145, a very transition into the title, uh, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I think that's a very good option. Uh, I'm da- I've, uh, for, for the Aljamain fight, obviously, Sean is, is definitely the option. I feel like there's no bigger fight to make at, at that weight class right now. Uh, with Sean's star power, his kind of, uh, following, and his, uh, persona, I mean, who, who else would you want to main event with Algerman, you know? Uh, big, uh, big, big, big fight there. A very, uh, the, without a doubt, and, you know, obviously for the title, the biggest fight of Sean's career. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in a way, this could make or break Sean's career. Obviously, that sounds a bit intense. It's definitely not how I'm trying to say, but it's, this is his moment. Can he, if, if, when, whenever this fight does get to when it does happen, can he take advantage of it? And can he, can he, uh, cause I feel like a lot of people have underestimated Aljamain when it comes to opponents. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, like, yeah, he, I mean, I look, dude, I mean, you said earlier that you don't think Aljamain is that much better than the rest of the division. Like, he's not. But these guys keep on underestimating him. I don't know. That, that, that's what it is, right? More than anything, that's what it is. Yeah, because I think if Henry Cejudo, like, uh, this is a fight that was winnable for Henry Cejudo, but I don't know if he underestimated him or, I'm assuming that's what it was, because all these guys, they keep on thinking they're just going to walk through Al Jermaine Sterling, and then they he, they get in there with them, and they can't do anything with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, the, and, the, and I think the big question, is Sean going to be that guy? You know, is Sean going to be the guy who can who can break through that? Uh I don't know. Obviously, we're, we're, we don't want to give any specific breakdowns yet because we like to try to save that for uh, for the week of, kind of to like uh, give our full input, our full thoughts, our full picks. I, obviously, at this time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give any guaranteed answer. I, I have a thought. I have a pick in my head now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, that's a very important fight, and uh, and for the division too, mm-hmm. um, and for the UFC. You know, not not to be uh, disparate to Aljamain, but I think the UFC would be very happy if Sean won that fight. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it was clear that they don't want Aljamain as champion whenever they came back and they brought Cejudo back. Because I understand there's there's a lot of newer fans. Something I feel, if I try to update people, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice. Some people may not always be aware. But whenever Cejudo left in 2020, he wasn't well-liked by Dana, Dana White in the UFC. They were actually pissed off at him for leaving because he just won the belt and then he was vacating it. And they knew that he was going to come back because he just wanted more money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 
guess who they brought back whenever they had somebody they disliked more as champion? <laughs> Cejudo, you know? You're right. And on paper, Cejudo should have been a really bad stylistic matchup for Aljamain, but he won. So I know the UC's probably hoping that Sean O'Malley's going to win. Do I've seen a lot of people saying that uh, Sean O'Malley would just get wrecked by Aljamain. I don't know if we can say that. He's already surprised this, us. He's already surprised us with Piotr. I think a lot of people thought that Piotr... Yeah. There was a lot of... There was a lot of... Because... Like, like a lot of fighters, like a lot of specific fighters, Sean has a lot of haters, just like he has a lot of uh, a lot of fans. Yeah, there's a lot of Sean haters, and a lot of a lot of people who dislike Sean didn't think he would be pure. And granted, it was a close fight. See what you want. I scored it for Sean. Uh, and the thing is, it's like he's already proving you guys wrong once. Is he gonna is he gonna do it again? You know. And I feel like that's his whole thing right now. Look, I said it earlier. I said this is this fight's gonna make or break his career in some ways because it, it's gonna can Sean blow up? Because if Sean is able to win a title here, and with kind of the stardom he has, kind of the fan base he has right now, if Sean O'Malley has champion in front or behind of his name, what are the possibilities, right? And look, one thirty five is a is a den of sharks, no matter what. But right now, yeah, Aljamain's held the belt. Look. Like I said, there's there's some asterisks and there's some situational stuff out of control, right? But really, dude, this it, it I, I don't this belt's gonna get bounced around, man. Sooner rather than later, at some point, it's, it's just it's gonna take one guy coming in and mixing it up, and I and then after that, I feel like it's just gonna be a loop because I, I just don't know, man. There's always another, there's always a guy there, you know. That's the thing at 135. There's always a guy there, and, and we've seen it with Song Yudong, Corey Sanhagen. Piotr Jan, who, yeah, Piotr's coming off these losses, but, like, it's like, you tell me if Piotr didn't, if Piotr wouldn't beat the bottom five guys of this division, you know, or he can't? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, the thing about Sean, you're saying that he'll, this makes or break his career. I I kind of agree. I kind of agree, but I, I don't necessarily agree. I think Sean's going to be a star no matter what, and I think even if he wins the title, he's not going to hold the title long. So I think... It's almost irrelevant, you know what I mean? I think as long as he goes out there and he puts on a performance that people are like, oh, shit, Sean O'Malley is for real, which he already he kind of already did against Pewter, but, like, if he goes in there and puts on a respectable performance, people are like, oh, shit, yeah, like, this kid's for real. He's going to be here for the long haul. We have to get used to it. I think yeah. if, even if he just does that, he's going to explode in popularity again or, like, keep on building on what he already has. True, but, if, but for the blow-up, though, Josh, I mean, we're talking the real blow-up, that yeah. title win has to be there, man. Yeah, definitely. It could be. I mean, if, if, I'll put it like this, Josh. There's stars and there's superstars. Yeah. Sean's a star right now. Can Sean O'Malley become a superstar after that fight? That's the real question. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, man. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I do think we should move on to the co-main event because we're talking about Aljamain Sterling always not being really taken seriously for whatever reason. Yeah, we got also Bilal Muhammad, who just for whatever reason, <laughs> these guys are, are two peas in a pod, man. People hate these motherfuckers. <laughs> they just do. I don't know what it is. I think, uh, you know, they just they just do. Because Bilal Muhammad, who is going on 12 or 13 fights unbeaten, I mean, you his resume is ri- uh, ridiculous at this point. And he goes out there and beats Gilbert Burns by unanimous decision. We know that Gilbert got hurt. I don't know if the round was revealed, but it was relatively early, somewhere between rounds one and three. Uh, but he hurt his shoulder, ends up, you know, losing by unanimous decision. Below Muhammad's going to get a title shot next. Well-deserved. I don't think there's too much we're going to say about this one. It just kind of sucks the way that it went. Oh, yeah, man. It, it sucked because you got 
like like I told you today, I hated this matchup because I like both guys a lot. Um, and for but Gilbert, Andrew, we had to do this matchup because we have to know who will be next because Colby Covington mm-hmm. has to fight for the title again. <laughs> we just need it, Angel. And for Gilbert, who's who's older, who's a little older now, I think he's about to turn thirty, going on thirty-seven here soon. I mean, look, he's in a he's in a in a tough spot. He's not. He could still potentially get to a title. It'll be tough. But uh, for for how good things were looking and having such an active year, and then to get hurt in the first round, I believe they ended up kind of replaying it and finding out they they believe it was in the first round uh, from the takedown and how he landed. Uh, he uh he got injured, but um it just it, after that man you could see that Gilbert just uh once kind of like the injury happened or whatever you can see he just wasn't the same and it and it and it got even all the broadcasters were like this is the guy who fought Hasim Chimaev and and something is off because the way he looks right now does not reminisce the guy we saw that night and and yeah it was it was very clear it sucked because uh we didn't get to see Gilbert at his best fight below Muhammad uh. And especially for Bilal, he just got put in a shitty position because he's already getting a lot of this uh, this hate for Bilal. Remember the unanimous decision, Muhammad? And oh god, dude, yes, I know. And bam, we get Bilal. Remember the unanimous decision, Muhammad against Gilbert Burns, but not at his own fault because Gilbert was hurt. Granted, though, who, if Gilbert wasn't hurt, then maybe you know things would have gone a little different. Who knows, right? I I don't know. There's 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 stuff that you couldn't control there, but. Hey man, he's gonna get his opportunity, and uh, I remember I said this. I want to say, uh, fuck, what was his last fight? Was was Sean Brady before this? There's someone in between. Yeah, he knocked out Sean Brady before this UC280. I, I was like, for, for below, he has to be undeniable to get his title shot, and that sucks. And now he's undeniable with his title shot opportunity, and he's next after Colby Covington. Yes, does he have to wait? It sucks, but he's there. It's been promised. It's done. It took a while, but at least he's got a very nice resume going into that t- into that title fight. And if he gets that win, he's in a very good position. And he gets put in a le- some very interesting. I think he'll be put in some very interesting conversations if he's able to get into that title. I agree. And the thing about uh, Bilal is just I know that everybody dislikes Bilal Muhammad, and I get it. Sometimes his fights are always most interesting. But there's something that I just appreciate. Like, this is one of the reasons why I love fighting is seeing guys like Bilal Muhammad, who I did not expect to see in the top five or ever fight for a title. Like, I, I mean, you've talked about how watching one of er, his earliest fights against uh, Vicente Luque, UFC 205. I remember when he first came to UFC, he, he dropped a couple. He wasn't very interesting. He didn't – he wasn't explosive. He wasn't – you know, like, he didn't really have any real attributes that make me think, oh, this guy's very interesting. Man. But then here we are, he's in his mid-30s. You don't really think, see guys making a run at that time. And he's on like a 13-fight unbeaten streak. Like, that's the type of shit that I love seeing in MMA, man. Like, these guys that, they're they're doing things that they probably themselves did not even expect to happen. You know, and that's, uh, so, you know, obviously it sucks for Gilbert Burns. But even him himself, that's another, another story that's kind of like that, you know. Gilbert wasn't very good at lightweight. Um, like he was not even top 15, but then he moves up to welterweight, got a couple of short notice wins and boom, you know, title shot, top five guy, one of the faces of the UFC. And, uh, we'll, it, we'll see what happens with Blum Muhammad, man. I think he deserves a title shot next. I think it's fucking ridiculous the way that he's, uh, 
kind of been been dicked around by the UFC. Because just just put this in context, right? Like we're talking about how like Gilbert Burns and Bolo and Muhammad both deserve a title shot, and you know, and so and I think that Gilbert did. I think for his his recent wins and the, the fact that he stood up and decided to face Jemaya whenever nobody else would was is, is worth something, even though he lost. But dude, even just on paper, like Bolo Muhammad, thirteen fight and beaten streak. <laughs> like look, look, yeah, I mean, look at the rest of the welterweight division, dude. Wait, okay, so what would what was Charles Oliveira's? Uh, I think eleven or twelve. Damn. Dude. Granted, granted, below has a no contest in there because of the the eye poke, but still, twelve wins and one no contest. You're right. So, regardless, regardless, though, still, that's that's wild. I mean, you see who Kamar Usman, two losses in a row. Colby Covington, two and three in his last five. You know, like, no, nah, we really we gotta make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's hard. It's hard, man. It's really hard sometimes. The with the way the UC's been, it just feels lazy, I guess, but. Regardless, I mean, I think that's about all we can really talk about the co-main event. Because the co-main event was, uh, there's not really much to really say. I mean, it just sucks that that's the way it went. But, dude, uh, we're talking about below, probably get a title shot. Yan Jonan needs a title shot next. I think she deserved one back in 2020 whenever she was riding, like, a fucking eight-fighting beaten streak. They didn't give it to her. Now she goes out there in an all-time jinx by me. I mean, we jinxed some shit on this show. That was you know, it, it felt kind of nice, Josh. That was a very nice feeling, I'll tell you what. That was the biggest fuck you in the world, though, too. It was such a, it was an all-time fucking jinx, dude. I, hey, I man, it on the show. You, you know, know, it's funny. Your Mine was Curtis Blaze, Sergey Pavlovich. Your, yours was Jessica Andrade, Jan But, dude, you literally, you couldn't have scripted it better. Because we said, la- we were talking about it last week, you were talking about, like, how Andrade's chin is starting to go. And I said almost word for word, I'm like... Andrade's chin is starting to go a little bit, but like Yan Jonan does not have a UFC finish, and sure enough, it's just, it's just, it's just brutal knockout win, like inside of two minutes. I mean, what do you say, Angel? Yan Jonan versus Wei Li Zhang in China next. What do you think? I you got to do it, man. Song Yudong co-main event against some big fighter. I'm telling you, it'll be one of the biggest UFC events of all time. I believe it. They got to do it. I think it's a complete waste of time if you don't do it now. Um, I. I literally don't even know what else. Like, UC makes some bad decisions. Like, for example, they said they're not going to Mexico this year. But, um. Even though yeah. you could have literally had three Mexican fighters on the main card that everybody would have loved to watch. Actually, you could have done four if you put, uh, fucking Amanda Nunes, Arena Aldana on that card, too. Exactly. And they would have so They're not doing the- that. But I hope at the very least they do the China card. They need to. They need to. They have plenty of good Chinese fighters on the roster. I think a lot of people that, for one, that will, that will have good fights at that too. Uh, honestly, and then you have two highly ranked off the top of my head Chinese fighters as well. And even then, we're talking strictly Chinese fighters, other Asian fighters as well that could, that could be on the card and get a lot of love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it'd be a complete waste of time if they didn't do it. Um, I really hope they do, man. I think that that fight would be incredibly compelling. I think Wei Li Zhang would win, just to be cards on the table but i think you know the setting if they can do that fight in china because dude we were talking about that fight happening in china as far back as 2019 you know me you and me have always kind of noticed that yan jonan is really good and that she'd eventually fight for a title you know it's happening a couple of years later than i expected but hey man we're here for it exactly if they don't if they don't do that card in china i mean you dropped the ball, man. Late waste of time. It has to be like I don't know who else would get on it, but it has to be 
them two, and then Songadonko main event. Yeah, has to be. Like, it doesn't even and matter. Then, I mean, they've got other people too. You know, they can even do like a road to the UFC thing. They, they could, yeah. I mean, they're going to do that this year again. And even then, you could do fuck. I mean, like you said, anybody. Uh, obviously, I don't know if the UFC would want to just do a Whaley Yan Shanaan pay per view, right? But I, I feel like they should really push to make that event, no matter what. Yeah, they have to. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else they would do, but I mean, in terms of the win, huge win, huge, Big huge win, win by by Yan Jong Nan. Surprised it, a it, lot of people, I believe, to be honest with you. She surprised the shit out of me. I mean, good lord, they did not see that coming in a million years. But you know, nonetheless, man. Um, next up on the main card, Mosfar Ilouev and Diego Lopez putting on a fucking show. I mean, Jesus. This kid took this fight on, like, four or five days' notice, and, I mean, he just did not give a fuck. I mean, it's just, this, this is a banger. Ends up being fight of the night. Uh, Mosfar obviously moves to 17-0 with the win. But what'd you think, man? Look, I mean, no matter what, I was picking Mosfar the whole way, uh, even with Diego Lopez, uh, you know, late addition. Mm-hmm. Five days, man, that's just tough. He's a, he's a guy I had my eye on for a few years now. Um Fighting out of Mexico, a lot in the Lux League, fought uh, a Fury FC, mainly a grappling guy, has done some stuff in combat jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, had some wins here, had some losses there. He tried to come on this contender series, did not get the the nod there, did not have the greatest showing there. I was a little bit disappointed because I was super hyped up, man. He had this nice little record, and I was impressed with his jiu-jitsu credentials. And I really had a hope for him, and it just it just didn't end up coming through. He lost to Joe Anderson Brito, and uh, Joe Anderson has done some good stuff. Has done well since coming to the UFC. Only lost to Bill Algeo, but a uh, late call for Diego Lopez. And look, he made the best of it by uh, literally fighting his heart out, having a sick late sub attempt on the leg. I was happy to see Dana gave him uh, give him his uh, his fight purse, I believe. Or I don't even know if it was a bonus, but uh, he's 28. He's a long time. I hope the UFC brings him back around. Uh, I, I really don't know how good he is, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm curious to find out. And, and look, with five days against a guy who's undefeated with this level of talent, he he did the best he could. And I think that it, 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 I'm almost curious to see what he could do with a full fight camp against a uh, Maybe a little bit lower level competition, someone outside the rankings, and see what he's able to do. Because if he's able to go to get us against this guy who's this good and is undefeated, uh, and look, it wasn't, it, it didn't, this, it was, it didn't look good because of the result. But I think there was good aspects to it because of the circumstances he was under. Yeah, I mean that kid basically did everything you could have possibly asked of him. I mean, if you're going against a 16 and 0 undefeated monster and you're taking the fight on a couple of days' notice, you know I didn't exactly expect that fight to be competitive, um, but it wasn't even just competitive. I mean, he took a round. You know, it was a fight of the night. I hope they keep that kid around. I hope they give him somebody big next. You know, give him a He's, big fight next. And, and Josh, with that being said, he is my highlight fighter of the card. Oh. Oh, he's your highlight. He, Diego Lopez is your highlight fighter of the card. Fair enough. Yeah. Man. Yes. I, and there's look. There's a lot of. To be honest with you, I believe there's multiple great options on this card. But because of what he did on on short notice, and because I already had interest in him before, and he fell a little short, you see him come back and 
like I said, not the result we wanted, but do what he did on five days. Hey, man, credit to you. Completely agree. Completely agree. And excited to see what he does in the future, man. But look, I think I got to eat some crow. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know, Josh. Let him know. Yeah, Angel, I gotta eat some crow, man. So I gotta admit it, I was really fucking wrong about Crone Gracie, man. Uh, Ice Cream Crone, man, I was way off about that kid. I remember watching him back in Ryzen back in 2016 thinking, this kid is a new generation of Gracie. Like, he's young, he's athletic, his grappling is incredible, his striking seems to be competent, he actually has okay-ish takedowns, and he was so young at the time, I remember thinking, Yo, if this kid gets to the UC, keeps on his current trajectory, he's going to be a bad motherfucker. You know, like seven years later, he just spent 15 minutes butt scooting against Charles Jordan the entire time. <laughs> Man, I mean, and you know what the worst part about it, too, is, is, you know, I changed my pick to beat Charles Jordan before we, you know, stopped talking about the fight last week. But so we've seen Crone Gracie fight. We saw him fight at Cub Swanson and he went out there and had a boxing match with him and like he didn't win. But he didn't look terrible either. So we know the kid can strike. So why did he go out there and just butt scoot against Charles Jordan for 15 minutes? It makes no fucking sense to me, man. I mean, what did, what did you think about, about Crone Grace? You think that's it for him in the UFC? I don't, dude, like, to talk about his whole, like, fight week kind of a bit. Did you watch any of the Embedded? I saw some of it, yeah. Or, Grace or, any, seems, yeah. Or, or any interviews. He just seemed kind of like... They didn't want to be there, kind of had like a shitty attitude. Media kind of was just there. And look, granted, a lot of fighters, a lot of people don't like doing media. They're not fans of it. But you know what I mean? There was just this general aura of like, you know, not like I'm just here to be here, you know? And, uh, and I get yeah. it. You're about to fight. You're trying to focus, but it, it, it was something was off, man. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Uh, I don't know. Did you see that clip of when he's signing the poster and Henry's in the room and, and Henry's like, uh, granted though, like Henry, Henry was, Henry knew what he was doing. He was like, Hey, how is, is, is uh, Nate going to be at the fight? You know, you saw that. Yeah. Right? Henry was trying to make small talk with Crone Gracie and Crone was just like, dude, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he left and he's like, I'm not going to be in there because we fucking Dude, Crone, Crone Gracie had the same attitude that I have whenever I'm going out. Like, just going out for, like, on, like, a Saturday night, you know, I'm just chilling, and then some person comes up for me asking for fucking change, or just just some drunk guy will come up, just please get away from me. Like, it's just, just... I don't even know, I don't even know if it was that, bro. He was just, he just left. He's like, I'll be back when he's done. Like, yeah, he was so pressed about Henry Cejudo. But I'm still, I mean, dude, Crumb Gracie, I mean, we've always known he's a bit, a bit of a weird guy. I mean, ever since the Flat Earth thing came out. He's a him. unique person, man. He's like what pescatarian, vegan? He's I don't a, know. Yeah, he's a. I mean, I think all those Diaz boys are pescatarian or vegan or something. I don't. I know, know Jake but... Shields is a vegan, which is really funny when you think about it. But yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Jake Shields later, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I me. Mean? I love talking about Jake Shields, but um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I don't got too many. Fun. I don't have too many thoughts on this one. I think that Crone, that's probably it for his UC career. If maybe not, maybe maybe you, we'll give him one more. Ryan Hall, Ryan, give me Ryan Hall versus Crone. Oh yeah, um, why didn't they just do that fight? They, they should. Well, I, Ryan, dude, injuries, heartbreaking. Man. Yeah, I mean Ryan. I read somewhere that he's had 16 surgeries since his last fight. Yeah, dude, never. never you don't think about it. He's been all. He's been out for almost two years, I think. What? Wait, since that one fight? 
uh, against Derek Minner. Has it really been that long again? Dude, it's been December 11th, 2011. It's been, not 2011, Jesus Christ, 2021. It's been about a year and a half. And he's gone, I believe, upwards of like 16 surgeries since then. What? But he's coming back to grappling next month, so he's getting back into it. Ah, God, still. Poor Ryan Hall, dude. God damn. The biggest what if, I think, in, in, in some capacities, right? What if? I don't think he, Ryan Hall would have ever been champion, but Ryan Hall would have been like a fun guy that would have been fun to see how far he can go. You know what that's I mean? What, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's a what if. It's not a what if. Like, you, uh, look, uh, did I maybe? I don't know if I ever thought Ryan Hall was gonna be champ. I thought he could have at least presented some issues. Maybe he could have got some big wins against guys you wouldn't have expected. I mean, the only real time that Ryan Hall stepped. I mean, let's be honest though. Ryan Hall's resume, I've always said on paper, is like badass as fuck. Like you, you know that that. Like if you take context out of it, it's not that impressive. Like he beat Artem Lobov, Gray Maynard, B.J. Penn, Darren Elkins, Derek Minner. That's a pretty solid resume for a guy with like eleven fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, then you remember, right. like, oh yeah, Gray Maynard was like forty and had lost like three fights in a row. B.J. Penn. You know, God, God bless him. He was the lava shack period of his career. You know, um, granted though, Josh. I mean, he's still sub BJ Penn. Like that. Yeah. Well, that, that whatever that fight got announced, I was actually like, ooh, okay. Like you're, they're giving BJ a grappler. Like I don't know how many people know BJ Penn was. You know, he was well rounded everywhere, but he was originally a grappler. That, that's why he's nicknamed the Project. I think he got his black belt within three years. Also, he was one of the – I think it was one of the first – well, Americans, right? But let's be real. Is why really part of Americans? Hawaii should really be its own country. I'm not saying like that in a, in a disrespectful way. I see what you're saying. But Hawaii has really its own culture. But, like, BJ had, like, one – like, some – I don't know if it was, like, Abu Dhabi or whatever, but he had won some big tournament, like, first American to do something like that. Like, uh, I, I'm no completely super uneducated on this right now, but he did something major as the first American at a very young age within Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing – look, man, I think that uh, – just to kind of redirect the conversation back real quick because I, I – just just to redirect it back to Kern Gracie so we can go ahead and actually move on a little bit. But um, – We haven't talked anything about Charles Jordan in this fight either. We need to kind of like get well, around. The, the reason why is because what do you want to say about Charles Jordan? If, hey man, he look. We just want to give him his credit. It's not necessarily. Uh, no, no, I know, I know. But and I like Charles Jordan, but I mean, hey, he, he did a good. He did, he did a good job though. Like you got a angel. Him. If you worked on takedown defense, you could have beaten Kron Gracie too. Ah, <laughs> uh, Josh, I look maybe look with, <laughs> with my white belt skills. Maybe I could have done something. But <laughs> I'll tell you what though. I on the stand up, I was I dude. I was a red belt against Kron Gracie. Angel, you're going to put your boxing training to good use, and you're going to go out there and bust up Crone Gracie, man. Dude, I want to look like Tyson Fury against Crone Gracie, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah, I mean, that. I, I don't know what to say about that. You're right. I wish you gave props to Charles Jordan. He won. He did what he did, you know. But um, God, that's all I got to say. I was so wrong about Crone Gracie, dude. I was so wrong. And there are some fighters that, like, I'll admit to where, like, I was wrong, you know. Because there are some guys that will just hype up and they don't end up working out. Who's, who's another one of those guys? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it because I still like her a lot, but Kay Hansen, I think, if she doesn't – I know she's dealing with some injuries and we'll still have to see how her career turns out because she's still pretty young. But I thought when she got signed to the UCO, I was like, 
yeah, she's going to be there for the long haul. You know what I mean? She, she just got signed too young. She got signed too young, and she had a couple of just – I mean, she, she she won her first fight, and then I remember her second fight, she got robbed in the decision. Third fight, she missed weight. Fourth fight, she just lost, you know? It just it just went downhill so quickly. But she's still young enough to where I can see her turning it around. Crone Gracie's like 33, I think. So just a damn shame, dude. What a, what a shame. But, I mean, in terms of the rest of the card, man – um, I think we should move one down. Normally I'd ask what fight we should talk about, but let's talk about the steamroller, dude. Matt, steamroller for Vola. Ranked Rolla now. Goes out there and knocks out Drew Dober afterwards. He gets on the <laughs> mic, calls out Patty the Batty. Is that a fight you want to see next? Fuck yeah. I, I, at the, look, the reason why is because I remember at the time I said, the winner of Bobby Green versus Drew Dober should fight Patty Pimblett. Well, shit. Bobby Green has lost since then. So has Drew Dober. Matt for Vola beat Drew Dober. Let's get it. And he's ranked, which for Patty, I mean, I didn't – hey, man, it didn't happen sooner rather or later. At least opportunity to get ranked. So this is your chance. Uh, Matt, I, I – look, if we if we would have picked for this fight, uh, if we would have picked fighter who would win this fight, I definitely would have not picked Matt Fribble. I'm going to tell you that right now. Matt Fribble is one of those guys that I never looked at and thought, oh, man, Matt Fribble is going to be ranked. Not because I thought he was a bad fighter or anything. I just never – there's certain guys you see a little bit of – Something in them, you know what I mean? Mohamed Makayev, Armand Saryukin. You know, there's a little bit of like, okay, there's there's a there's a future here, and I can see, you know, this guy looks like he could be something special, mm-hmm. if not at least a ranked fighter, which is very good, anyways. And Maxwell has gotten here. He he went from ha- get, being what is it, fourth fastest knockout in UFC history against Terry McKinney to a win and a, a, two two back to back wins against undefeated. Of young fighters and Hanara Valdez, um, and Zaitar. Which those guys, I'm pretty sure, since then have both captured. At, at the, well, no, Hanara Valdez is not my bad. But I thought one of them had gone to win since then. Neither um, and Zaitar has not fought since then. My mistake. Regardless, though. And, and then before that, he had another young guy, Armand Saryukin. He's all, he's always gotten these younger, at, at least in recent times, these younger guys. To 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 be put against him. I don't know if they kind of were using him as kind of like, oh, well, this guy's. A little bit older, you know, maybe at the time, maybe not with the biggest records. Let's see what he could do against some of these young guys. You know, let's see what he, let's test him. And then, uh, finally he beat these two young guys and he gets a call up against Rudover and he finds a bit of success. For me, I'm just curious to see how far Matt for like can keep this going. Cause I really, I, I, like, I'm not trying to make fun of the guy or be disrespectful to the guy. I just don't know. When you look at all the other male divisions, how high do you put Mafravola in comparison to those guys as well? You know what I mean? Yeah, Mafravola is a guy that I have no idea how good he is. You know, he's 32. I mean, he seems to be hitting his prime, but I remember whenever he had those, you know, he came in, he had the draw with Venati, got knocked out by Marco Polo Reyes. Like, he's really turned things around to a degree that I didn't expect, but um, I don't know how good he is. That's partially why I'm cool with seeing him versus Patty Pimblett next because I two things. I don't know how good Matt Favola is, and I also don't know how good Patty Pimblett is, you know? Well, yeah, um, like, what are the seedings? Exactly. And I saw some people saying, like, if Matt Favola just knocked out Drew Dober, Patty's not ready for him. And to that I say, when will he be ready? Because Patty Pimblett's, like, 28 now. Like, if he's or is he ever going to take a step up? You know what I mean? Like, this is a 14th-ranked guy. They're not throwing him to fucking... Armand Sarukian, like mm-hmm. this. This is a fight that makes sense. So I, um, 
I think Frivola versus Pimblet makes sense uh, for next, you know. But but with that also in mind, yeah. how would you feel against Frivola against anybody else at 155? That's why yeah. you see where you see where I'm coming from, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, well, that's the thing is I don't know. I think his striking could be a could be a problem for a lot of those guys in the top ten to top fifteen range. It's once you get inside the top ten that I have no idea. Yeah, like that. That's what I'm saying. That's where my kind of like, you know, kind of question marks are coming in because I'm, I'm like, this is so odd because I've never really seen a guy in this position like him in my time of watching. At least I feel that way. Uh, but look, he's defied. You know, he he. I think he was. For some of those fights, not the favorite. So it's kind of cool to see these kind of come uh, come over, you know, one and, and overcome those those uh, people doubting him, you know, or, or being uh, being bet against. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. He, he's a guy that it's actually just pretty cool to see him kind of continue rising and to continue getting better. Um, even in his mid thirties, like I, I mentioned, Bala Muhammad, Mafrabal, another guy. You know, you never, you're never too old to make a big impression. You know, um, rest of the card, man. I mean, obviously, this one sucked. Our boy Devin Clark coming up short um, against Kennedy and Jubal. But outside of that one, obviously, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But what are some of the, the other fights you want to go ahead and highlight from a UFC 288? Man, Chaos Williams, Rolando Bedoya. I would have never known, man. Banger of the night. Yeah. I believe it got fight of the night. Completely did not see this coming. It was nice to see Chaos, though, because it felt like it had been forever. Um, fun fight. Um, not too much to say outside of that. Split decision for Chaos. Uh, Verna Janaroba, Marina Rodriguez. Man, Verna came in with some fire in the grappling department, man. I thought Marina Rodriguez was to have a, a better showing. Uh, Marina, Marina Rodriguez, dude, she was a gal that I was so... Like I was like, man, she's gonna get that title shot. You know, she's coming off that Yan now win, and then she has to fight him, and then she takes a fight against Amanda Limos, who I believe at the time Amanda Limos was coming off her loss of Jessica Andrade. Actually, no, she was coming off her win of Michelle Watterson. My mistake. And and puts out Marina Rodriguez in the third round. Oh, man, dude, this one broke my heart because I I thought she was right there, man. She's gonna get her title shot. And for some reason, they didn't give it to her right after the Yan now fight. I know it wasn't. I know it was a split decision, but. Man, it sucks to see, and uh, I was just to see how she bounced back, man. Uh, lots of love to Verna. She's she's also a, a gal that I've always had some interest in. And she got her, she got a nice big win here, man. Yeah, man, she got a big win there. Um, very interested to see where she goes. She's uh, somebody who I, you know, she came to the UC, and obviously I knew her from Invicta, but she's been. Uh, it's interesting to see why, watch her develop. I guess because remember in Invicta, she was so like. Very basic in terms of, I mean, she had her jiu-jitsu, but she had no real, I mean, she didn't have too many paths to get the fight to the ground, really, but seeing her improve, and there's a big win here, man. I mean, I, I admittedly, we didn't make picks. I probably honestly would have picked Marina Rodriguez in this one, but, uh. Same, same. Yeah, big win by Verna Janet Jerome. Did she fight Amanda Lemos, though? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, you shout out Chaos Williams, Rolando Bodoya, banger, absolute banger. Parker Porter getting a knockout win over Braxton Smith. Dude, Parker Porter needed that one, man. Yes. It. Huge win. Huge, huge win. Um, and then we also got to go and talk about, um, yeah, he's a problem. Ikram Asalikirov. He's a fucking problem, okay? I mean, we we highlighted him, but uh, he went out there and murdered Phil Hawes. So, I mean, he's even better than, uh, you know, I I, I think we're, I think he's going to end up being better than we thought, you know? But obviously still early, but that was a huge win. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's a reason we highlighted him last week, Josh. And like I said, I feel like there was multiple options for this week for a highlight fighter postcard. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did you give your highlight fighter after now? Well, I mean, I've, if you didn't highlight Ikram, I'm going to highlight Ikram, dude. <laughs> hey, I highlighted him last week going into the card. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it showed why. And then, and like, look, I chose Diego Lopez after the fact because of what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, if I, I'd probably just go ahead and pick, uh, Ikram. So, I mean, I wanted him last week too, but I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait actually. I'll wait. This guy I want to shout out who didn't even win. Who I want to shout out later on in the show. Oh, so, shit. Okay. Yeah, not, yeah, so I'll go and shout him out later. But, uh, yeah, man, any closing thoughts on UC 288 before we go ahead and move on? No, man. I mean, we kind of, um, kind of talk about the event as a whole, Josh. We were kind of talking earlier, um, before the show started about, like, dude, how many pay per views buys this thing does? And I said, you know, I, I, and look, I might sound like a dick, but I said anywhere between 80 to 250. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking, too. I believe the lowest UFC card of the modern era, I, sh- I should say. I know there's like, I'm pretty sure there's like UFC, like some of those early ones didn't sell shit anyway. Yeah. Uh, but like of the modern era, UFC 224 is the lowest selling with 85,000. So I'd say anywhere between 100 to the 300. I think Cejudo has some sort of a, a sizable fan base, at least among MMA fans. So I wouldn't be surprised if we drew some people in. And then a lot of people like Gilbert right now. So that's another guy. Mm hmm. But the event on the whole was, I mean, I saw some people shitting on this card. I thought this card was fun, you know? I feel like it had its its fights for, like, we're talking strictly pay-per-view. A bit rough, man. You know what I mean? A bit yeah. rough. I, I think uh, this one and the next one will definitely uh, be uh, two of the lower ones for the year. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this, this, fight, this fight card had some... Some fights that were pretty terrible. Obviously, Charles Jordan, Carl Crone Gracie, and Bola Muhammad, Gilbert Burns kind of ending in that fashion, or with the injury, obviously, um, kind of bringing the fight down, obviously played a role. But I was, this fight card was fun. I think it probably did all right on pay-per-view and at, at, at the box office. One quick thing we forgot to mention, dude, uh, Aljamain Sterling's from New York, and I have to New, – New York and New Jersey are not the same thing. You know, I have to make that very, very clear before anybody gets on my ass. Um but, uh, like, I'm very well aware of that. But, dude, people in New Jersey fucking hated Aljamain Sterling. Sound <laughs> about right. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, 15. He was, like, you know, right by his home state, right by his hometown. They still hated him, dude. I, why do you think it is that fans hate him so much? Dude, people just, like, we've talked about it. Aljamain just doesn't, he's one of those guys who just doesn't get loved. Yeah. Uh, just just uh, fans have a uh, bone to pick him. They, they just don't have interest in him and uh i think it, it just comes down to that i don't think there's much to to it because funny enough i i, I told you uh, i forgot when it was i think it might have been after his uh going into the tj by how Ajman had grown a lot on me i think the big thing is he kind of plays into the heel i feel i almost wish and actually it's funny because i was thinking about this so that's just gonna bring it up i almost wish Ajman didn't play into the heel i wish almost Ajman was just just the nice guy he is He's a, he's a really he's he's genuinely a very nice guy. When I see him, the embedded when he invited Raul to come out and trade with him and all that, and, and it seemed like he gave him some genuine. There was this moment in the video where they kind of they kind of take like a, a still frame of them, uh, just sitting down and talking. You you don't have any audio, but it has some commentary of Jasmine just saying that he took some time to talk to the kid, and it just showed kind of like damn, this guy is a, a real guy. You know, he really uh, cares about his friends. I mean, it just goes, it gives a show why him and Rob has such close friendship. 
and how and kind of how he has translated that into kind of a guy showing some wisdom into Raul. Um, so yeah, I almost I feel like one of the things is also that he played into the heel, and I almost wish he he kept it kind of just himself the whole way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I don't know, man. People, people say that uh, there, I don't think there's actually. I don't think there's an actual reason. I think that there's some people who, in the MMA fan base, they just prescribe any notion or anything that they want to that person to have a reason to hate them. I don't think Aljamain Sterling's done anything wrong. People say that it was the DQ, but then he went out there and beat Peter Yan anyway. So, like, what's the, what's the fucking problem? You know? Um, no, we know. But, I mean, we, we know the actual reason why, Angel. I mean, we know the actual reason why people hate Aljamain Sterling. We're not going to say it. Um, but we know the actual reason why. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people just hate that guy. I mean, there's just some people that MMA fans just prescribe a certain notion to, you know. I mean, they hate they – hate, who, who are some other people who are really well-hated, Angel? I mean, they hate they help, hate Bilal Muhammad. I see, I see Izzy get a lot of hate. Who who else? Remember when everybody hated Daniel Cormier too? I'm not. Is there any is there any ongoing theme here that I? <laughs> um, jokes aside, jokes aside. Um, yeah, man, it was a fun fight card. I think it's about time to move on because we got UC Charlotte going down this Saturday night from the Spectrum Center. Fuck Spectrum in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, anybody that's dealt with Spectrum, you just it instantly comes to mind. Fuck Spectrum. Um, in the main event, we got heavyweights, man. Uh, By the way, Josh, before you start, I will say I've had a great – everybody shits on the spectrum. I have personally had a great relationship with the spectrum. But we will yeah, not talk about yeah. them anymore, though, because this show is not sponsored. It is not getting paid to mention their name. And they're so, never going to get – and they're never going to sponsor us either because I'd, ra- no, I'd rather shit no, in my own mouth than no, take money for spectrum. Do not say that, Josh, because I am on the complete opposite end. I would completely shit in your mouth. I don't care. I'm hey, ruining the deal. I don't give a fuck. I, fuck Josh, Josh, you know how much I spend – you know how much I spend on the internet every single month just for it to go out once once every three hours? <laughs> Dude, I've never had that issue with Spectrum. I want you to know that now. I've always had. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Is my internet's only gotten worse over the last couple of years, but my price keeps on going up. So thanks, Spectrum. Complete opposite Crazy. of me. My, my internet got better and the price went down. So you're just getting a shit deal, buddy. I think I'm just getting a shit deal. I mean, do, do I got a bundle? Is that what I... <laughs> I don't know, dude. They fuck with me. Anyways, man. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's going going it's going down from the Spectrum Center, regardless, heavyweights, man. Yarzinho Rosenstrike, who we know about, obviously he's coming off of a knockout win over Chris Dawkins in December. Lost two fights in a row. We know the kind of story with him. He's long been a guy in the top ten. Had a couple of main events. Had a couple of big wins. Taking on Jelton Almeida, who appears, we have to say, appears he appears to be the real deal. Since debuting in, uh, on the Contender Series September 2021, he's not made it even to the third round. He's barely been hit, barely been touched. Uh, he's doing the old Roy Jones right now, uh, <laughs> just dominating the heavyweight division. <laughs> Biggest challenge of his career thus far. What do you think about this matchup, man? I love it, man. My thing with Yarzinga, man, ever since that Ngannou loss, it just has not been the same. Mm. And look, he's he's got a win since then. Well, loss of Saragon there, Sonic the Curtis Blades there, loss of Wolkov. And pretty high, I mean, and those are like the top five fighters there, you know? Mm. With, with Francis in, in there as well. Woods over Zdokas, Sakai, and Junior Thompson in between. But look, man, if, if Hal Tatum made it as a real deal, 
has this done against Jorginho Racing Strike. Jorginho, though, man, if he does want to get the win here, I want to see him open up again, man. I want to see him kind of – he needs to throw more. Even in some of his wins, he just he's kind of waited, and then he, he does it. He comes out of order. Look, it, it can work, but you can't always you can't always be the nail. You have to be the hammer too, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think Halton Amade is going to be uh, patient, and and because he's he's too good, man. We've seen it. He has ground capabilities. He's very mobile. He's a lighter heavyweight. He likes to flow, but he's, he's gone and fought at two or five to be active, and he's fought at heavyweight to be active. Um, but cruiserweight division existed. I think he would fight at that rather than heavyweight. Uh, I think Hamilton made to get the one for this one, man. I, I think he's the real deal. I think he's the next big guy at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's the next big guy at heavyweight. I'm expecting him to go out here and honestly just get a big win. I think Yarzino, I you know. You you mentioned it. Sometimes he just doesn't throw. I honestly think if Yarzino rose and strike threw more punches, not even a joke. I think he'd be top five instead of ranked number nine like he currently is. Like just a little bit more activity in giving people because, like for example, you're able to play that game with Chris Dawkins. You're not able to play that game with Alexander Volkov. You know, whenever he's walking you down, you got to give him a reason to not do it. Um, and I don't think he's going to give Jailton Almeida. I mean, I, admittedly, I don't even think even if he tried, I don't think. he give much a reason. I think Jetson Amade is just the real deal. I expect him to go out there and dominate and get a big win, and I'm very excited to see what he does in the future, man. I think they gave they gave him this main event for a reason. The main event was originally supposed to be Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker. That's no longer the case. So there's a reason why, man, and I think he, uh, Jetson Almeida is that reason. Speaking of uh, Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker, they are the co-main event. Uh, both of these guys coming in here trying to scratch their way to a title shot Anthony Smith been out of action almost a year since his uh, injury TKO loss to Magomed Ankalaev last July. Before that, he was riding a three-fight winning streak. Johnny Walker, on the other hand, riding two two wins in a row. Paul Craig, Ian Laba. you know, he, Paul, Johnny Walker looked like he was potentially on his way out out of the door, out of the UFC for a minute there. Now he's at number seven and in a co-main event on ABC, man. What do you think about this fight? I think it's incredibly compelling, very interesting, and, you know, winner, get, I mean, we don't know, but winner could potentially be in line for a title shot, depending on how things work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's kind of what it's looking like a, a bit. Obviously, nothing guaranteed there, but uh, what, a, what a fucking fight, man. Johnny Walker, Anthony Smith, one of the one of the funnest fights that I've never thought about. Uh, but uh, as far as the fight itself... I think, look, Anthony Smith is coming off an injury that uh, he had to deal with, had surgery, had been out for a decent bit there, almost a year, two months out of a year. Uh, was originally scheduled against Jamal Hill, which, who knows, that might have been the next, like, number one contender type position fight. Uh, but said Jamal gets the call up to Brazil, shows up, gets the big dub there. Uh, I, I don't... The thing is with Johnny Walker, man, I just... I just don't know. I I don't know if this if he's actually gonna come back and kind of kind of be what he was hyped up to be, right? And against Anthony Smith, he's, he's coming off this injury, and he did have that tough fight against uh Glover like a little while back now, and Rock Edge, where he just got kind of dominated in both of those. And the Magomed Ankalaev fight wasn't going bad, but it wasn't going great either. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think he can beat Johnny Walker though. 
I think he's going to get Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker's chin has been cracked multiple times, if you've seen it on YouTube and on those highlights on Instagram. Eddie Smith has a, a slick jujitsu game that doesn't get uh, enough appreciation. So if the fight does enter the ground, I can see Johnny uh, Anthony Smith cashing Johnny Walker in a submission. Uh, I'm going to go Anthony Smith for this one, man. I I think um, I'm going to surprise people. I think a lot of people are probably going Johnny Walker. I believe the betting odds are near even. Uh, it mm. checked it. Yep, near even. Just checked it now. So it's a pick and fight, man. I, there, I feel like there's question marks on both ends. It's like Johnny Walker has been caught. Anthony Smith is coming off a injury. So I don't know. I, I think there's – at this time, obviously, there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, similar page there. I think Ian Smith is more well-rounded. I think that he's going to go out there and get the win. Johnny Walker, for me, I think he's been – ever since, you know, people talk shit on SBG Ireland these days and they shit on John Kavanaugh. I still think ever since he moved over there, he's been more competent. I think he's been cleaner. I think he's been doing things the right way. Um, but I don't think he's just – I think it just comes down to – I just think Anthony Smith is a better MMA fighter. I think even if – even if Johnny Walker goes out there and plays as safe as possible, I think he he still wouldn't win. I'm just going to go ahead and take Anthony Smith. I think he's the more, the more well-rounded guy. I also think there's some, there's a pep in his step, man. I think Anthony Smith, ever since he got on that three-fight winning streak, I believe uh, starting with the win over, I want to say Devin Clark, he's just kind of – he's been feeling himself, you know. And I think that he knows that had he beat Mogaman on Clive, he would have gotten a title shot. And he ended up suffering an injury, so it really wasn't his choice in that one. Um so I think he's going to go out there and put on a statement win. That's what I think. Uh, but as far as the rest of the card goes, man, there's there's some guys to watch here. There's some big names. What do you think about some of these fights on the, the prelims? Man, Josh, I did not expect this fight to be made. But when I saw it, I was like, okay, it, it's time. D-Rod versus Ian Machado Gary. Ian Gary, I mean, we know what direction this is going, Josh. They clearly want to push him into the rankings very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, D-Rod's not an easy fight. Also, D-Rod's uh, on the older end, you know, when it comes to uh, fighters. He's 36. He's he's in those prime years where you should be, you know, ranked or highly ranked, you know, chasing the title or be holding the title. You know, some unfortunate luck there with the Neil Magny one. Uh, before that, a questionable win over the Leech, but, you know, we won't get into that. Imachado <laughs> Giri looked good in this last fight, man. I mean... He had a little bit of that, a, a little Connor esque in him in that fight, reminiscent of that Eddie Alvarez performance. Because some of the combinations and, and and I know you've seen those edits, Josh. You see those edits where they they put him and they put Connor and they got, and it flashes back and forth and they got epic music playing in the background. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love mean, this, those. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited, man. I think this is a great fight. And for Ian Gary, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does against a guy who spot some of the some notable names in this division. Mm-hmm. A lot of veterans on this card, by the way, kind of looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of vets in here. I mean, I think, yeah, this is definitely the fight we're going to find out Ian Gary's level. I think he's only 25, so even if he loses this one, he can still get back uh, at some point in time. D-Rod, though, like you mentioned, interesting guy coming off a loss to Neil Magny. Before that, he had a couple of wins, including a controversial one. Let's be honest, terrible decision over the leech. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I like both those guys a lot. I'm very interested to see what Ian Gary does. Um, also, you mentioned a couple of vets. Alex Morono, Tim Means opened up the card. Corbin McGee. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, opening the main card, Court McGee and May- and Matt Brown on the prelims, dude. That's an old man delight. <laughs> the, the other fight of the night, potentially. Yeah, the other fight of the night. Um, I mean, looking at the rest of the fights, man, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my, my fighter to watch. My fighter to watch is actually Pete Rodriguez. That's a name that may be familiar to people because he's only had two fights in the UFC, but he's had a couple of high profile ones, man. He lost to Jack Med, uh, Jack Della Maddalena when he took the fight on short notice. On like a week's notice and he lost by knockout. He knocked out friend of the show Mike Jackson last October. He's taking on Natan Levy here. Down at lightweight. Pete Rodriguez is actually doesn't have a big frame. He's only 5'9", but he's fought most of his, his entire career up at 170. He's moving down to 155, trains out of the MMA lab. He has a lot of big power, and he kind of doesn't really give a fuck if you hit him. So I'm a big fan of those guys. And uh, I'm interested to see what he does in the future, man. Comes out of a good camp, moving down in weight, only 26 years old with a couple of big knockouts already on his resume. Interested to see what he does, man. It's a tough fight, man. Colin Levy is no joke. He is not. He is not. But sink or swim, man. We're going to find out uh, how good both those guys are. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, with that, I guess I should give my highlight fighter going into the week. No other than uh, Auckland's very own Carlos Alberg, man. He's a guy who, coming to the UFC, did not have a lot of professional MMA fights under his belt. Had had a few kickboxing, but had a fair amount of kickboxing uh, fights under his belt, and uh, looked good in his first outing, think uh, on the Contender Series, and then came in and got Kennedy Injuwuka as his first fight officially in the UFC on a pay per view, which is to show kind of the interest they had in him. And he's fought all his fights almost on a pay per view. He's only, he's only he hasn't fought two of them: Tafan Injuwuka and Igor Portea, which will be this weekend. Uh, and that Kennedy one man had a lot of output, but he gassed there. Since then, though, we see that he's kind of improved in that. Gotten, gotten two first round finishes, so he hasn't been fully tested. He's finding a guy who has a lot of experience. Igor Portea, Ukrainian, 26 years old, young. Uh, Carlos, 32. So, you know, he's in a, he has a, a short frame of time, but I think he could maybe get there. Uh, obviously comes out of the city kickboxing gym, so we know what that corner can do. And, uh, I'm just curious to see what he can do in this bout, man. He's a guy who I'm, I've always been interested in his career since he came into the UFC back in 2020. And uh, kind of going forward, what where is he going to cap off at and what are his limits? Because, uh, I mean, City King Boxing has developed a lot of amazing fighters. And, I mean, you guys already know him. I don't need to mention him you. But if you want to, you know, Israel Adesanya, Dan Hooker, Kai Kara France, just to name, just to name a few. Yeah, exactly. So, some names you might know. Yeah, exactly. Some names. Some names. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it's a great camp. A lot of good dudes coming out of there. Carlos Olberg is a monster. He's taking on Ilhor Pateria. You know, I gotta be honest, I, I'd be sh- I think he's gonna fucking run through Ilhor Pateria. You know, I mean, no offense, no offense to Ilhor, because obviously you can only fight who's a fronty, but I remember when he fought Shogun. I remember thinking, damn, Shogun is looking way better than he should against a kid who's in his 20s that's like 19 and 2 or whatever. Um, I think Carlos Olberg's probably gonna smash him, but. Uh, we'll see, man. We will see. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is a solid card. This, there's some good names here. I mean, just a couple other quick ones to rattle off. Cody Stamon, Douglas Silva, DeAndrade. They put these guys, like, early on the prelims. Another it's going to be a banger, banger, you know? Very excited to see one front. Not front of the show, but long time. I mean, we're, we're big Chase Sherman guys, you know? We're, we're big Chase Sherman guys. So excited to see what he can go ahead and do out there against Carl Williams. It's a solid card, man. It's not going to blow your hair back, but it is a fair bit of fun. 
He's in need of a win, man. His, by the way, Josh, what do you think his lifetime record is in the UFC? Just take a guess. Uh, is it like I'm gonna get? It's something absurd. It's like two and ten, I think, or three and ten, four and ten. You know, it's actually four and ten. That's really good, Josh. Yeah, I knew that he had a. I knew that he had a lot of losses. You know, um, but anyway. it's kind of it's kind of sad when you look at it because out of his eleven losses, ten of those have been in the UFC. Damn. If he never fought in the UFC, he would be sixteen. <laughs> Damn, dude. Well, obviously that's I mean, that's not fully accurate because he's one within the UFC, but you know. You know, I don't think he probably cares. He's 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 you know he's got a check, he's got a steady income, you know. Like he he comes out to beg, man. I, I give him credit. He's still doing the damn thing. Like I'll tell you this, man, to come out every time and be motivated to fight is just typical. I completely agree. I completely agree. It is wild to me that um. I mean, he he. I'll give him credit. There's a reason why the UFC keeps him around. He always goes out and bangs, you know. He is the ultimate DTF fighter. He Chase Sherman, you know, fuck that angel. This is our new segment. Our DTF fighter of the week. You know something we fight fighter of the week. You know something, Josh. I love this. This should be our other segment of the week. You're not even wrong. This is our Our thing now. DTF fighter of the week is Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman, you know, look four and ten in the UFC, coming off a loss. Look, had a loss like five of his last six, but goddamn it, he comes to. Bang, dude. <laughs> he's he's active as shit though. He, he, like he hasn't even been that long since his last fight, and before that, it wasn't that long before that one. Exactly. He, how many? Actually, he fought. Let me see here. One, two, three, four, four times last year. In a calendar year, I mean, it's it, it's it's out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, he's very active. He's always, you know. Anyways, man, I think uh, he's he's our DTF fighter of the week. I like that, Josh. I never even thought about that. That's good though. Since I, ever since I started saying that on the show, I love it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyways, man, yeah, that's that's about all I got to say. But I, we have some more combat to talk about this week. In fact, we have a, a fair bit of stuff to talk about still. Um, we did not talk. We did not preview the fight because, admittedly, I didn't think this one was going to be close. It did not end up being close. Canelo Alvarez defeating John Ryder by unanimous decision. Afterwards, he called out Dimitri Bivol and not David Benavidez, which was disappointing, um, to put to say the least. But regardless, you know, Canelo picking up a win, big win. But Angel, I got to tell you, man, my fighter to watch from last week, I got to go and praise, is John Ryder. <laughs> I saw, because we talked about him a bit in the green room, but John Ryder is a guy that did not get enough respect in the build to this fight. Um, and even coming out of it, people are like, is Canelo washed? Is Canelo, is he aging? You know, would he have knocked out John Ryder earlier? I don't think people know how good John Ryder is. John Ryder has one TKO loss and it was back in May, 2015. He got stopped standing on his feet. Wasn't even dropped. It was a terrible stoppage against Nick Blackwell. Since then, he's had some losses to guys like Rocky Felding and Calum Smith, which were very close fights, you know, but he's durable as shit, tough as shit. He's, in the words of Jim Ross, he's tougher than a $2 steak, and you saw that on Saturday night, you know. Um, i got to give him praise, man. I mean, he's a guy that I'd never expected. For example, I mean, he's just been improving steadily. I mean, back in, like, I'd say post-Rocky Felding loss, he's just been improving, and quietly, he's been doing it in the background. He even stepped up whenever he fought Callum Smith, and he, he, he lost to him. And I remember thinking that was a terrible decision at the time, even as a big Callum guy. But since then, you know, he's racked up some wins. He stopped Zach Parker, got a decision win over Daniel Jacobs. 
And then when he went in there, and I knew he was going to lose to Canelo Alvarez, and I bet there's a part of him that thought he was going to lose to Canelo Alvarez, too, fighting in fucking Guadalajara, Mexico. Canelo's first fight in his home country in over a decade. He was walking to the lion's den. And, dude, he got his ass kicked, but he was, I mean, he was not going to stop moving forward and not stop fighting. For that reason, he's my fighter of, of the week. He was also DTF as fuck, Angel. <laughs> dude, no fucking joke, though, right? For real. He went all so, 12 uh, rounds. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the fight itself, what would you think, man? I mean, Canelo dominated. So As a, as, as a lot of people expected. I mean, it was it was still a good Canelo performance. I think a lot of people, like you said, though, just didn't know who John Ryder was or what John Ryder's capabilities were. But there was a lot of talk about, like, is Canelo washed, you know, yada, yada, this, this, and that. And I think he even had surgery, right, on his hand or something like that? He Yeah, he's he's actually had hand problems since before the Triple G fight. Yeah, oh, so the that first, the, the third one last year. So yeah, that that was a whole thing, and I don't know. Regardless, though, uh, the event itself was beautiful. I mean, it, like I said, I, I heard it be compared to a Olympic opening ceremony, which I would not disagree with. I mean, the crowd was amazing. Canelo's entrance was beautiful. The whole setting, a day after Cinco de Mayo. I mean, it was it was a perfect uh, welcome home to to Canelo Alvarez. What else would you want? I mean, you like I told Josh, you would have thought they resurrected a fighter to fight a Canelo Alvarez. Uh, as Josh said on the uh, the in the green room, he said, "Dude, they res- it seemed like they resurrected fucking Muhammad Ali just for that night for him, didn't it?" Yeah, for real. They 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 must have brought out like this, dude. If you if you did not know, like for example, you know, anytime Canelo fights, there's there's I see people like on my my Snapchat or on Instagram who were like watching the fights who like they don't know shit about boxing. You know, um, but like, dude, I, I was only wondering, I was like just imagining, because I saw some people doing that on Saturday, like people who have, like people from our high school, and I was just like, did they have any idea that this is just like a, a random mandatory for Canelo? Like, it's just, just, do they, do they just know that like John Ryder won like a WBC interim bullshit belt back in like November? Like, this fight's not significant at all, but you would have thought that Canelo was the most famous man alive on that night. You know what I mean? You would have thought he was fighting for the heavyweight world title, bro. Like, it looked crazy. He was going to war, you know, and that's 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 kind of one of those things, you know, that uh, that's what boxing does well. And uh, whenever there's a big boxing match, they they absolutely win out compared to big UFC fights just because they're more creative. They do more cool shit. But anyways, man, um, as far as, you know, that's, all, that's kind of all I got to say about Canelo. But, Angel, we got a lot of boxing this week, man. Specifically, we have the boxing match, the card, Misfits X-Series 07, or 007, KSI versus Joe Fournier going down on Saturday night from Wembley Arena in London, England. KSI, obviously undefeated as a boxer, coming off a knockout win over face temper. He is 3-0 and since his return last year, all wins by coming by knockout. Joe Fournier... Uh, 9-0 and with one no contest. Uh, former, you know, WBA international light heavyweight champion. Oh, God, I love these titles, Josh. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Um, his, his last win came against Raycon in April 2021. You know, I mean, for, we, we, we talked a lot about is this the right fight? Is this this? Is this that? It's finally here, man. What do you think? What's your excitement level? This is you, we we saw Jake Paul. He he came up short in his 
challenge against the quote-unquote professional boxer. We will now see if KSI can do the same. What do you think, man? Yeah, I like I like I told you this was kind of similar to uh, I I described it more closer to the Ben Askren one just because of the age, you know. But yeah. except that JJ's doing it with a box right on an MMA fighter. Uh, look, if JJ's been active, if JJ's been working on this craft, he's younger, you know. He he, he in theory should potentially be faster. Uh, and he's been active recently. We're after the didn't Joe Fourier and Joe Joe has been kind of a uh, obviously not as active. But uh, I mean it's his moment, you know. That's the other thing. Can can uh, JJ for one rise to the occasion, deal with the pressure, and perform once again? Um, and can he deal with uh, whatever skill set that Joe Fournier is able to present? You know. Um, uh, for me, it, it's just like, can JJ get it done again? You know, it, 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 yeah, against these other YouTubers, yeah. I think JJ has obviously a great chance, but he's fighting a guy who. Has actually trained in a while. Has it has a friendship with a professional boxer, and and, and decided to go in there with him and participate. And you know they had a nice little dance, but obviously didn't. It was not going to go good for Joe Fournier. Uh, and that and that showed right. It showed once again the levels, man. There's levels mm-hmm. of shit. What what is the level between Joe Fournier and JJ? I don't know. For me, Joe Fournier hasn't been active, and what I've seen is it's like yeah, dude, you you've done some stuff, but you also fought Raycon who had never boxed before. At least JJ has some boxing experience. You know he's able. He's punched guys out. He's actually finished guys. So let's see if JJ's able to continue that, uh, what he's been doing. Or is there more improvements? And uh, and he could, can he get it done early again? If he doesn't, let's see how much growth he's able to show in six rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the Ben Askren person just because, I mean, Ben Askren, I... I'm not saying it's an exact comparison. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying. I know, I'm you, saying I know the point it, you're making. It, it's just like this is as equivalent of a older, you know, fighter. It's said that it's not an MMA guy. It just happens to be a, a box, quote unquote. Yeah, box that, that's guy. that's just such a that's such a golf. I can't I can't even compare it. You know, I think if anything, it'd be easier to compare fucking swarms to Ben Astrid. <laughs> Still, though, you know, it, it, I'm saying that that's kind of the closest I can give it. To. I, I just don't think it's the same. Like. uh Tommy, I, it's I, I not don't, a one-to-one comparison because Tommy it, Fury is better than Joe Fournier. Yeah. Oh, do we know that for a fact though? <laughs> I mean, I feel pretty confident about that fact. You just something. If JJ wins, if, if Joe Fournier wins, we should have Tom, we should totally have Tommy versus versus Joe Fournier. Yeah, that fight may actually makes a lot of sense. Or Joe Fournier versus Jake Paul, something. Joe's been trying hard to get involved in influencer boxing, and just it took a while, but he finally got a big fight. You know. That's what I was, look, uh, all I'm saying is I. It's just my thoughts, man. I I just think that's what it, it, it's hard because it's. Like I told you, man, it's always hard to influence everyone because it's not like oh, a regular fight suit. These guys are in training. Yeah. To the same extent, they're not they're not competing at the highest level every day, and you're not able to compare high level versus high level. You're competing against guys who have fucking George Fournier's last like official real bout that was against someone who had lower experience was fucking Raycon, who Raycon had never fucking boxed. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I hear you. Josh, I'm I'm doing my best here with what I got to work, you know? <laughs> I'm having to I'm having to stretch shit out, you know? I hear you, I hear you. No, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go and I'll take the lead. Don't worry, Angel. I'll take the lead. I mean um Yeah, I mean I think I think that this this fight, man, I I don't know how to feel about it admittedly. I think Joe Fournier, from what I've seen of him, he looks like he is a, you know, he took up boxing when he was 30, which is what he did. And presumably, 
you know, loaded up on, on steroids, which we know he did. He tested positive for him. He looks about like he's fine. Okay. Like he's, he's what I would expect. If you gave a rich guy in his thirties unlimited money to start boxing, you'd have Joe Fournier because he's now like 40, you know, and he looks, I mean, train footage, he seems a little bit, I mean, he leaves his chin wide up in the air, you know, he kind of, he's very relatively slow, but, you know, he's also more of the more technical boxer, I'd say, out of the two between him and JJ, and JJ keeps his hands very, very low, and he really just only needs to get hit by one really hard one, and then, you know, that's that. I, I'm going to pick KSI if I have to put a pick out there. Um, I think Joe Fournier could win. I think a lot of people, like, for example, I feel like I'm seeing, I don't know, I feel like I'm having a deja vu with the way people are talking about this, the same way they're talking about, they talked about Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, where it's like, they're not even, it's not even a question that KSI is going to run him over. I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Joe Fournier could catch him, you know? Um, but I, you know, if I had to make a pick, I'd, I'd go ahead and pick KSI. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, we got some other big fights on here. Deji versus Swarm, Salt, Poppy versus Anthony Taylor. Which fights are you most looking forward to on this uh, this pay-per-view card, man? I, I think uh, Salt Poppy, man, versus Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. That's a very validating fight for, for Salt Poppy. Even though in a Pretty Boy has had, you know, a, a decent bit of losses within, like, the influencer boxing era. But he's gotten, he's gotten a few wins in, in Conda Distance and... Got his distance against legit boxers like, Audrey, like uh, Idris Virgo and uh, Tommy Fury. Uh, so, and if he, dude, if Saw Poppy's the one to put out, uh, pretty way Taylor, that's gonna that's gonna turn some fucking heads. Cause, yeah, I mean, I mean Saw Poppy's already turning heads because you know you see guys online like KSI, Jake Paul, if you like. You see, like, MMA fighting, you see these other places, like, report on them. They're like, get these motherfuckers away. But then, <laughs> it's like Saul Poppy, because you saw Poppy, it's like, you actually see, like, okay, this guy, he's not talking shit. He's not saying, I can go out there and beat up, you know, Muhammad Ali or whatever Jake Paul's saying this week. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's actually just going out there, he's just proving himself and actually just getting better, losing weight, and just working on himself. And that's the type of shit I'd love to see, you know? Um, and if he goes out there and puts out Pretty Boy Taylor, that'd be a pretty big statement. You know, it'd be a big statement win. Um, and I would, I, I, I'm expecting him to win, honestly. Um, but regardless, man, I mean, honestly, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for Swarms versus Deji, which is just. But Josh, tell, tell people what you're really excited for. Quit fucking around. Come on, man. You know that I'm all about four, 1,000 pounds in one ring. And four, what is it? 1,000 pounds in one ring? Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about that, man. I'm all about... 800. Huh? 800 pounds in one ring, isn't it? 800 pounds in one ring. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm all about it, dude. I saw that they're, they made it to the UK, so it's actually happening. I don't know, like... I will I will admit, as a... Uh, I don't really talk about too much, like, my own personal stuff, but, like, dude, you know, I grew up a big Call of Duty guy. I grew up watching, like, COD 4 videos, COD World at War videos. Wings of Redemption was one of the first YouTubers that I ever knew of. So now, knowing that, and then, like, seeing this whole saga play out, like, it's so fucking funny to me that my worlds are colliding. You know what I mean? Like, it's just <laughs> combat sports and PKA, and then Wings of Redemption and online gaming, just all, you know, crossing paths. It's so fucking funny to me. And also Boogie, too, because I've watched, I remember finding Boogie, too, because of the Francis videos, so... 
Um, you know, Angel, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> Wings of Redemption. I think I bet my house on it. You'd bet your house on Wings of I'd bet my house on, on, on Richard Jordan. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a funny, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. I hope nobody dies. Um, God, and, can you uh, imagine? I'm really, I'm really hoping not, you know. <laughs> you know, I honestly, on the option, I really, I would love to see the world where Boogie wins because I feel like a lot of people who probably pick uh, Wings, if they, if they know the people well, I feel like most people would probably pick Wings. Yeah. But, you know, in the off reality, though, if, if, if Boogie won, I feel like that'd be, like, one for the boys, you know? Dude, this is, here, honestly, this fight kind of feels, one of the reasons I actually kind of like this fight is it. It kind of feels like a win for everybody because they both lost a lot of weight over the last three or four months they've been training for this thing. Like, I think Wing said he's lost 30 – I think he's lost 40 pounds, and I think Boogie's a similar case. Boogie, so Boogie had already for, lost a lot of weight before this, though, too, because he was way bigger. Yeah, Boogie never got up to wing size. I think Boogie was 700 pounds at one point. Yeah, he was a – he got, like, weight loss surgery, but he also worked out as much as he could. Yeah, but mm-hmm. – I mean, for that reason, I'm, I'm actually – I think this is kind of a win-win for both guys. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I think uh, – I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited to go ahead and see this fight, man. I mean, this fight card, top to bottom, <laughs> is pretty interesting. They did not they did not take me as, as the mystery fighter, in case you guys were curious. I'm not the mystery fighter, you know. Who is, wait, who is the mystery fighter? Who's it going to be here? I don't know. Somebody's fighting Zuckles. And uh, that's oh, at 175, be- so I could have I could have made it, but – you know they don't, they don't even have Zuckles listed on here, so at least on the one I'm looking. I wonder who will be. Can you take a random guess who you think it'll be? I don't even know. I don't even know who Zuckles is to be completely honest with you. God, I've heard the name. I just I am not familiar with their content. If I'm being quite honest, <laughs> yeah, I believe they but... they I believe they are primarily a streamer, but that's just a, a guess. No, but mystery point. What if it was our boy Luis Pineda again? No, dude, that'd be that'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> again, Mariachi, you know, it's just like a meme at this point. I <laughs> God, oh, God willing, dude, God willing. Could you imagine? Just <laughs> imagine your Zuckles, right? You're standing there for your first boxing match ever. Probably, I don't know. I don't know this fucking guy, but he's probably standing there for your first boxing match ever. And all of a sudden, you hear. This is a fucking mariachi band. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, you, know, you know the best part? It's not even Luis Pe- Alcrest today. It's actually Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> he comes, he's coming out with his crown again. Same fucking entrance. It's, and it's actually, it's fucking, they're fucking around. It's actually just a hologram. You know, like the Tupac hologram? And then he turns around. And then Andrew Ruiz walks out. <laughs> no, he turns around. It's actually Pineda in the fucking, in the ring. It's <laughs> so fucking funny. Um. Anyways, man. Yeah, that's all I got to say about this card, man. I mean, I, they got they got my guy Corn on there. Corn of, uh, of 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 Twitter fame. Um. He's a funny guy. Uh, excited to see him on there. I mean, they got a. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a fun card. You know. It is. Uh. It's gonna be fun, man. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, in terms of news, we got a couple more things to talk about. One fight night ten when we did go down over the weekend. It was their U.S. debut out in Colorado on Amazon Prime. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson getting the win over Adriano Marais in the main event. However, I feel like... That's why he's the GOAT, Josh! That's <laughs> why he's the GOAT! Insert that clip now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is... Uh, hey, man. 
I mean, to be fun, dude, I feel like Adriana Rice got bigger every fight of the trilogy. Is that just me? Dude, can I just say, this only made me curious. Like, it just makes me wonder, how would the trilogy been against Henry Cejudo? It only makes me wonder, man. The trilogy that I never got. You know, everybody talks about how, like, they fucked up on the trade of trading Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren. But, but they, never talk, about that, they never talk about that aspect of it. They never talk about that aspect of it. We literally could have had a trilogy between Cejudo and DJ, and we just didn't get it because they just really needed Ben Askren, you know? Did, did they only get Ben Askren out of that, or did they get one other person out of that? They got Ben Askren. That was it. It was, it was one for one. That was, didn't they trade Sage as well? No. Sage is a free agent. It was just DJ for Ben Askren straight up. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, I mean, I it was – I mean, look, I'm still happy for DJ because he's finally – like, I don't think DJ would have been appreciated if he had not left the UFC. Yeah. I don't think – I don't even think it would – it just wouldn't have happened, you know? Well, well um, you know, it, it just – it's crazy, dude. It's crazy to think that DJ could still be UFC champion right now. Or could have got the title again, at, at, at least at that. I mean, I think if he if he would have stayed in the UFC, I think he probably would have beaten Cejudo in the trilogy. Because I think a lot of people forget that DJ had like a laundry list of injuries in that in that second fight. Um, if I remember correctly, his his everything like was fucked like, like towards ACL and he's dealing with a couple of injuries in that one. So I think DJ would have stayed around the UFC, probably defended the belt a couple more times. I think he would. I mean. I don't know. I, I don't even want to think about it because it kind of gets me angry. But regardless, in terms of one's debut in the States, man, what do you think? Top to bottom, I thought they did incredibly well. They did incredibly well. I mean, great event, great fights. Picked the right guys to be there. Uh, I mean, who, who else would you want? I mean, and look, Sage's return, awesome. Fucking heel hook finish. Who could have predicted that, Josh? Uh, even some, even, even uh, some crazy, a crazy loss in here, Josh. Richard Solchich losing his official now, I guess. Debut in one FC, completely threw people in shock. KO mm. punch. Uh, that was one that definitely uh, shook up the MMA world a little bit right there. Yeah, man. Um, definitely surprising because he was a very high profile signing for one championship, and so far he has not worked out. I mean, he left KSW on a crazy winter, like eight wins in a row, something along those lines. Like defended the title as well multiple times. Won the middleweight title, double champ, and then since then, I mean, he has a no contest, and then he gets knocked out here. Right, I mean, no, you don't like, want to call a failed signing two fights in, but it's not working out as well as they hoped. I guess it's it, it's it's just been rough, man. I mean, the the initial automatic groin strike that w- was terrible. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw that, but it, it was it was really bad, man. I mean, it's up there with the Jens Bulver one, uh, in my opinion. It was really bad, yeah. But look, all, all these stars did great, man. DJ, Rotang, Mike Musumeci, Stan Fairtech, Sage Northcutt, uh, Unlock Song, Tyra Tolo. I mean, all the other names had very good success, man. And that's exactly, I think, what they wanted to, to happen. And it made for a really fun card as well. Some people did, um, there was some issue with kind of like where things were placed because people were like, you just had Stan Fairtech get a liver kick finished and then you had Mikey Musumeci in a grappling match right after. Mm-hmm. Granted, though, Mikey did get the sub, though, so it's kind of like, I don't know, do you want the grappling match to be your opener, or do you want it not to, you know, I get it, right? But either way, I mean, it was followed by two good fights afterwards. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if, and, you know, this card, I mean, real quickly, I actually want to go ahead and shout, shout him out. 
Sage Northcutt, Super Sage. I just got to get it out, put it out there before I forget. Holy shit, dude. I mean, if you're going to miss 40 years, four years out of action, a heel hook win in 39 seconds. He went to a Holy quick. shit, dude. I mean, it, it looked, it just looked natural. Yeah. I mean, I remember whenever the, whenever I saw people saying, like, I remember, I wasn't watching the fight at the time, but I remember seeing people going, oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, dude, he did not get knocked out again, did he? <laughs> but no, it ended up being like a perfect, um, you know, a perfect situation for him to go ahead and get out there, get a big win, take no damage. I mean, I'm very excited to see what's going to go ahead and happen, you know? With his uh, with his future in one championship in the lightweight division, but I mean, yeah, Stamp Fairtex got a huge win. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Stamp fan. I think just about everybody is. How can you not love Stamp Fairtex? Everybody um, loves Stamp Fairtex, huh? Everybody who watches this show loves Stamp Fairtex. Absolutely. How can you not love Stamp Fairtex and and Rod Tang picking up a big win? I mean, you had Chaudhry was was I mean that dude probably lost his voice, bro. I mean he was out there screaming his head off, man. He was. You know, whenever Dana did the, the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather press conferences, <laughs> Shotry had his own moment where he got to scream in the microphone, you know, mm-hmm. and get all red in the face. So good for him, man. Um, yeah, it was a great card. I don't have too many deep thoughts on it. Um, I'm interested to see when they're going to come back and hope maybe we'll attend if they come back to Colorado, obviously, but um, that remains to be seen. But uh, we do have a bit of, of sad news. Um, Tony Ferguson, dude. Tony Ferguson is, uh, you know, he's lost five fights in a row. And, you know, we haven't seen him since September, and he doesn't have a fight booked either. And I think most people thought, okay, and you know, they also saw that Tony enrolled in, like, Harvard. They're like, okay. What a guy. He's pr- yeah, he's probably just stepping back from fighting, maybe even do, a, like, a required retirement. We'll see what happens. You know, and, and instead, you know, I mean, he, goes, I, he got a DUI, and it wasn't just a DUI. He uh he rolled and hit two other cars. Um, I don't know what to say about this one man. It's just it's just incredibly depressing. It, it, it's rough, man. You definitely we hope as people who who liked watching him fight that this is not the start of something very sad. Um, hopefully this is just one mistake. He can come back from it and uh, avoid any more trouble. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, he had entered school. It kind of seemed like he was, like, wanting to further his education, maybe get some play- – uh, look forward after fighting, maybe, potentially. Um, but, yeah, man, this is uh, this is not what you like to see. Uh, and on top of that, he even denied doing the sobriety test uh, when all that shit happened. So, I mean, it, it's just a terrible look right now, man. It really is. And I, I don't – I mean – this is this is one of the reasons why um, whenever I like if I talk about like fighter how fighters are paid or if you get annoyed about me like talk about like the business aspect of the sport a lot this is one of the reasons why like I don't know much about Tony Ferguson's situation but I hope that Tony Ferguson has enough to actually sustain himself you know like he's already I you know I hate talking about it because he himself did not like talking about it back in like um Sam Page dude. Uh, <laughs> He didn't really like talk about it much, but he had like a mental break back in like 2019. And he, um, you know, he was like, he essentially went fucking crazy, you know? He had like a whole, uh, he had like a mental breakdown, you know? And now this combined with the losing streak and just, I, re- I really hope he's okay, you know? I really hope he's all right, man. 
Um, but, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it is what it is. And I really hope he gets the help. And I hope that he has a good support system around him that will help him get help. But, yeah, man, I mean, in terms of last news of the day, UFC 289 has a new main event, Angel. Um, we talked about it's 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 honestly kind of funny when you think about it. Juliana Pena spent about a like six months just bugging the shit out of Amanda Nunes in the UFC to give her a title shot and to get the trilogy with the Lioness. And then they announced it, and a week and a half later, she broke her rib and has been re- replaced by Irene Aldana. Terrible luck, man. What do you think about this new main event for UFC 289? I mean, that is just unfortunate, man. What can you say? But look, man, we've already had Alexa Grasso do it. We, I didn't really think Alexa Grasso do it. I had, look, I don't know if Irina Dawn is going to do it. I wouldn't necessarily pick her to do it, but let's see what she can do. She has a, she has a lot of, she has a very good support group behind her as far as all the fighters, all the Mexican fighters that are going to be rallying behind her. Um, because dude, let me tell you this one thing I've noticed, dude. The the Mexican fighter community is very tight. Even the really young and upcoming fighters, because I follow a few, I follow two gals on Instagram who I have interest in their careers going forward, and they're both still fighting in the really regional scene and have relatively small records. And I see them with, I've seen them with uh, Grasso, I've seen them with uh, Zell Huber, and I've seen them with other fighters that they've trained out with the gym, and they, there's, they're always posting stuff for each other, always supporting each other, and hanging out, and uh, and uh, and in, in pictures with Brandon Marina as well, but. Uh, Look, if they, if they look, they're going to be fucking there rooting for her and anything they can help to do to support her and, and to get another Mexican championship, I'm sure they'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean the, the the fact that we can have four Mexican champions in one year. Fuck? I mean, in what one, the fuck? <laughs> in one year, in one year, let alone in one year. I think that's a big thing too, dude. Exactly. He, that that's the crazy part of it. Yeah, that's by far the craziest part. That it's all going to probably happen within one year. I mean. I mean, probably happen. I mean, we got three out of four. We'll just see if, if Irene Aldana can pull the upset. I mean, I feel bad. In terms of this new fight, I don't really have much to say. I feel bad for Juliana Pena, but it is what it is. I know that they talked about doing this fight anyway. And Amanda Nunes wanted this fight anyway. So, you know. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what happens, man. Um, any closing thoughts, man, on anything? Uh, we did hit 1,000 subscribers this week, so shout out everybody who has been liking, subscribing. We've been receiving massive support over the last couple of months, and we hope to keep on go- keep that going. And uh, yeah, man, any closing thoughts though? Final message. Uh, you know, just just a lot of love and appreciation for everybody who has come in, who's new. Uh, obviously, seeing the 1,000 subscriber means a lot for us. We've definitely been grinding our asses off now for a few years, and kind of really this this year really pushing all the content. Uh, trying to improve in all ways and, and continue to, to improve as the year goes on. I mean, we have some some big ideas going forward. And uh, continue to love and support us. Please like, share, subscribe, do everything you can. Uh, whatever platform you are on, please rate us five stars if it's on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I know we never necessarily give a direct shout-outs to those platforms. We mentioned YouTube a lot when it comes to subscribers and likes and views. But definitely – we don't forget about you guys on iTunes or Spotify. You guys are mean a lot to us as well because we have a lot of we know we get a lot of viewers through there and listeners. Um, as far as all the cards, super excited to come back next week and kind of recap everything. Uh, obviously, it's always a little weird after a pay per view, man. It kind of feels kind of odd because it's kind of like we go from this high of a pay per view with gets built up. Obviously, this one didn't necessarily have the most hype behind it, but it was very big when it came to 
kind of what potentially could have been aligned with the main event uh, if Henry did win. And I mean, it's it's still a big moment for for Aljamain not, not to take that away. Um, except to come back next week and obviously recap everything. Cards are early this weekend, so make sure if you are uh, listening to this beforehand, just go look at your time and make sure you have it adjusted. But I think that's all I have to say, man. So I'll let you uh, give it the little outro. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, hey, I mean, we have uh, we've worked our ass off. Um, a lot of people maybe seeing our clips um, and thinking, you know, who are these guys, you know, and uh, and I get that. But we, our show has been around since 2019. Like we've just been quietly doing. Like we haven't really done any advertising. We don't have a big budget. We don't have money to go out buy Google ads or to fucking pay for Spotify to put us in the in the like the you should listen to this podcast category. You know what I mean? We don't have that. Everything that we the thousand subscribers that we've attained over the last couple of years, which doesn't sound like much, but like dude, like. As a small creator, everybody sees the the small creators that blow up. Nobody thinks of the small creators that just grind their asses off. And we've been grinding for the last year, couple of years, and we're going to keep on doing it. But thank you to everybody who's jumped on over the last couple of months, man. We, we've grown massively over the last, I'd say since uh, January, we've grown massively. So we appreciate everybody who has subscribed, everybody who's liked, and um, hope you guys enjoy the content and stick around with us for the long haul. We do appreciate it. I'm at Josh Shemanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel or Taking underscore 01. I quote sign up for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.